It's going to be Mark chapter 10. If you want to stand with me, and I'm going to read, if you'd like to just follow along when I read, please. I'm going to read verses 13 through 16. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering Jesus. Now when Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. And he said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And then he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on their heads and he blessed them. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would teach us simply how much Jesus cares about us and calls us to himself through this passage this morning. Father, I pray that you would cause to just to be washed away all the things and uh, circumstances and history and, and relationships that have clouded the simplicity of having a relationship with Jesus. And that you would just call us afresh this morning to know Jesus and to be in relationship with Jesus. It's his name I pray. Amen. Amen. Sit down. Thank you. Several years ago, I was called downstairs. It was a Friday night. There were lots of young people here. And there was one of those young people who was having difficulty getting along with the other young people. And so I was called to talk with him. Well, the talk didn't go very well. He got very angry and called me a few choice names and took off vowing that he would never come back and that he would make life as hard as he could for me in the coffee oasis. Well, that happened on a Friday night. And for the next four Friday nights, this young man showed up, and he kind of hung on the periphery of the coffee oasis. He'd hang out on the sidewalk because that's public property, and I can't tell him not to be there. But at the same time, the whole time for four weeks, he went from bringing a piece of paper and trying to get a petition, um, getting a bunch of young people to sign the petition to shut down the coffee oasis or to boycott the coffee oasis. And he would get one or two or three to sign the petition because they all wanted to be here. He would just taunt me from the sidewalk encouraging me to call the police and get him kicked out. I mean, for four weeks this went on. And for four weeks, 
I just continue to reach out to them and, uh, and just plead with them that all he had to do was to give me a call, set up a time, and apologize for what he'd done wrong. Well, after four weeks, he gave me a call on the phone just about an hour before tea night was to start. And uh, he said, well, what can we do to break this stalemate? <laughs> and I said, you just got to come in and apologize for what you did. Well, he did. He came in that night, an hour before tea night. And as we met together and he apologized, he just opened up a heart-wrenching story to me. Um, and why he was so angry, and why he was so hurting. Um, he had been put in a mental institution when he was young. And in that mental institution, he was treated horribly. When he was in there, his grandmother died, and they wouldn't let him out to go to the funeral. And just a life of abandonment, a life of hurt, a life of, a life of pain. And this young man and I became really good friends. Uh, he moved to Seattle not long after that. Uh, and every few months he comes back um, just to say hi and talk. Um, I was going to encourage you in the middle of this to be a volunteer on Friday nights. <laughs> now, why would you want to do that? And why would I want to do that? We are, um, we are surrounded by, and some of us who are here this morning are really hurting. We've been really wronged. Some of you have been really wronged. In the midst of my conversation with this young man, as he was just pouring out his hurt and his anger and his pain, the like of which I've never come close to experiencing, one of the things that he poured out his anger and hatred toward was, can you guess? It was God. It was God. Um, another young man, he's not so young anymore, he's in his upper 30s, a guy that's been coming by the coffee oasis for as long as we've had the coffee oasis. Um, Similar situation. He was raised in a foster home of individuals who called themselves Christians. Experienced all kinds of abuse by them. Hates God as a result. And yet, who do you think is one of his best friends? <laughs> Me. So what we're going to do this morning, and what I hope we're going to accomplished through just looking at these few verses that we've looked at this morning is to ask how <laughs> how can we heal how can we experience if we you've experienced just a little bit of what I shared in those two little vignettes if if you've experienced that or if you know someone who has experienced that how can there be healing in the midst of such hurt and I tell you we're surrounded by hurt aren't we some of you this morning have experienced hurt that I haven't come close to experiencing. I have a lot of friends, <laughs> I mean dozens and dozens and dozens of young people that I, I love and have friendships with who have experienced hurt, but I haven't come close to experiencing If you're here this morning 
I just want to encourage you that, that the, the, the words that I'm going to speak this morning, I think, offer hope and healing to that. David was sharing with me earlier this week or last week about a young man that he met in, in an alternative school that's, uh, that's thinking about dropping out of school because of the bullying that he's experiencing in school. I mean, there's no safe place in our world, is there? Not in our schools, not in our homes, in, in a lot of homes. In fact, in some homes, that's where the hurt has happened, isn't it? Often not in our churches, as we read uh, and um, as I've shared with individuals who have experienced pain. I experienced pain in church. In fact, I was angry towards church myself for years of my life because of the pain I experienced in church. Because of the legalism, you know, the programs that keep us busy and the the religious legalism that, that keeps us busy on the outside but empty on the inside. Because of abuse that's taken place by people within the church. So how can healing happen? How can you or someone you know experience, as we come to these verses here, as it says, the kingdom of God? If you've got your Bible, I want you to just, I want to focus on that phrase, and that's what we're going to look at this morning. That phrase, it's a really important phrase. It says, as Jesus is responding to his disciples, he says, The kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. And as we come to Mark 10, I think it could almost be, at first glance, as as I'm going to say that phrase again, the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. At first glance, it could almost seem to be that that could be a slap in the face to those of you or others who have experienced hurt and harm and wrong as children to where it's like you lost your childhood. (laughs) You lost your innocence. You lost the the joy. You lost the happiness of childhood. It's like saying, well, then the kingdom of God isn't for me, so what good is this passage? At first glance, it could seem to be that, but but as we look at it and and as we focus on this passage, I think you're going to find it to be um, a source of healing. I want you to notice there's some key, key people in this passage. The first is the parents bringing their children to Jesus, okay? And then the second is the bad guys, the disciples, scolding them when they do. Here they are, their parents, they're bringing their kids to Jesus so Jesus can touch them and he can bless them, he can pray for them, he can just love on them. And you got these religious people, the disciples saying, No, don't bother Jesus. He's too busy for kids. And then we got Jesus. Well, this is is great. We got Jesus angry. Angry because of what the disciples are doing. And then we come back to the end and we see the parents bringing their kids to Jesus and Jesus taking them in his arms and blessing them. The kingdom of God belongs 
to those who are like these children. Now, what I want you to notice as we come, though, it's almost like the children, If you remember, as we read this passage, it's almost like the kids were, even though they're primary, the whole point of this passage is about the children, and the kingdom of God is about children. But you notice the children are really secondary almost. You notice that? The children, even though it says the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children, it never talks about the children. It never talks about what they're like or who these children are like. It's, it's, it's talking about the adults. So what we're going to look at is these adults and what it has to do with the healing that should come to such children. That phrase, the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Okay, I want us to, we're going to just kind of pick apart that sentence for a second, then we're going to see the difference it could make in your lives if you've experienced such hurt. The first is kingdom of God. What does it mean when Jesus says the kingdom of God? Kingdom of God. Well, three phrases came to my mind immediately. The first is when Jesus Arrived on the scene, John the Baptist was baptizing people. Jesus shows up and he says, repent for the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What did he mean? What he meant was the king has come back to restore his kingdom, to restore his rule in a world that had been usurped, whose rule had been usurped by the the enemy, the devil. So the very first mention we see is Jesus, the king, saying the kingdom of God is the king coming back to reestablish his rule in this world that had been usurped by the devil. The second phrase that came to my mind was the Lord's Prayer, which many of you are familiar with. It says, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does it mean there? That the king who has come to take back his kingdom and to rule in our lives, where right now there's just havoc, that that's what we're to pray for, that that king would come in and rule in our lives and take charge of life. Your kingdom come, your will be done as it is in heaven, that in the same way it would, be, it would be in our lives, in our worlds, in our homes, in our schools, that God's reign would happen in our lives. Does it? Does God's reign happen in your lives? And then the last phrase that came to my mind was at the very end in the book of Revelation, no, excuse me, in the book of Acts, where Jesus is just about ready to go back to heaven and his disciples ask him, is now the time? Is now the time when your kingdom will be restored? And it kind of brings it all to a climax and a full understanding of the kingdom. The king coming back to take back his kingdom, ruling in our lives ultimately forever. That's the point, is that the king who has come back and is ruling in our lives, those of us who are in relationship with him, that someday... We're going to reign with him forever and ever. And there's not going to be any more wrong. There's not going to be any more hurt. There's not going to be any more pain. The kingdom of God 
Now it says the kingdom of God belongs to. It belongs to. The point of the kingdom of God is that it would enter into your life and that you yourself would experience the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these little children. But the whole point of the kingdom of God, the whole point of the king coming back is that your life, which is, which is kind of a combination of all the hurts and the pains and the joys and the excitements, and, but all of that together, that the king would come and invade your life, would enter into your life, and you would experience the king in your life. Do you? Well, kind of like I started out, we don't. (laughs) We don't. We've experienced and and our lives are this, this combination of the pain and the hurt of the kingdom of darkness that reigns in this world. And what we need to do is experience the kingdom of God entering our lives God entering our lives, God changing our lives, us experience the king in our lives. So the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. The question is, and this is what we're going to kind of focus on, is like what children? Like I said, we don't even see these children talked about. It's the adults that are talked about. Like what children? So let's focus on the scenario. If you're looking at look at look at the passage with me, would you? Verse 13. We're going to see what happened. It says one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them, but the disciples scolded the parents for bothering them. I mean, what I want us to see it's kind of back to my illustration at the beginning. Are the disciples, who are they? They're the people that have hurt us in our lives, that are keeping us from Jesus. That's, that's what happened. They're the Pharisees. They're the religious people. They're the disciples here who are distorting or have distorted your perception of Jesus. And maybe some of those people are going through your mind right now. Who or what has distorted your perception of Jesus? The people that drive us away from him and saying he's too busy or he doesn't care. Or maybe it's not anything that, that has happened in a church, but something that's happened out in our horrible, hurtful world that we live in that has made you angry and driven you away from Jesus. It's the disciples here in this passage saying that Jesus has got more important things to do, right? I mean, he's, he's, he's talking to adults right now. He doesn't have time for kids. He must have had something more important to do when you were abused or when you were hurt. That's the disciples in this passage. Driving children away from Jesus like the young man that I started talking about at the beginning. Angry at God because of the hurt that he'd experienced at the hands of hurtful people. That's the disciples scolding the parents for bothering Jesus, giving people a distorted perception of Jesus. Is that you this morning? Well, there's three things that I want to I just share from the rest of the passage 
where healing happens, where the passage gives us hope. And the first one is obvious, verse 14, but I think we miss it, and I think maybe you're missing it. Look at verse 14. As these disciples are distorting these people's perspective, these parents' perspective on Jesus, driving the kids away from him, when Jesus saw what was happening, and I said it earlier, he was angry. You need to see that this morning. You need to see that this morning. If you've been hurt and wronged and have a wrong perspective of Jesus, you need to see that Jesus is angry. I tell you, it happens to me every time when I hear a story, like I, every time I hear a story, every time I hurt, hear the hurt, every time I hear the wrong, it makes me angry. <laughs> it really does. It makes me absolutely angry. It makes me angry when I read a story like I read in the paper or the Google, that's where I get my news, about three weeks ago about another pastor who was accused of abusing some more kids. It makes me angry. It makes me angry when I hear, like the story I started with, about somebody that's been wronged, a child that's been wronged. It makes me angry. But, you know, it's way more important, not just that I'm angry, but that you see that Jesus is angry. Do you see that? God is angry at the wrong that's been done to you. He's, because so often what I hear is that he's apathetic. Like, where was he? He must not have cared. It wasn't there. That somehow the God of the universe is apathetic about your hurt and about the wrong that's been done about you. And he's not. He's angry. It's just the first thing I want you to see. And Christians, those of you who are here this morning and you understand, you become like a child and you know you belong to the kingdom of God, it's really important that we don't put across apathy, that we put across God's anger against wrong. A quote that I heard a long time ago, and it's one of my all-time favorite movies, The Ordinary Guy, if you haven't seen it, you got to see it. The, the guy, um, um, there's a quote in it that says, um, by the gal, she says, well, Gandhi said that I would have considered becoming a Christian if it wasn't for Christians. And if you're here this morning and you've been hurt or wronged by Christians or the church or just think that God is apathetic, you've got to know that that's not God, that's not Jesus. He's angry. And that's the beginning of it. And then you've got to see the end of it also is that he, he cares. He's tremendous. He is about kids. It's not about adults. That's what it says. If you want to enter the kingdom, it says right here, it says, I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter into it. If you're here as an adult, then God doesn't have time for you. He just has time for kids. For those who simply and sincerely want to come to him. No, no pretense, no pride, just children. You this morning, as an adult, 
like a child coming to him and just knowing that Jesus simply loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. And so it starts with Jesus' anger, but it ends with his compassion again as, as he rebukes his disciples and the parents bring the children to him and he takes them in his arms and he places his hands on their heads and he blesses them. In the midst of all the adults that are clamoring for his attention and that are so important and think they're so important, Jesus just loves kids. He's angry about adults that want to keep kids from him. But he has all the time in the world for you this morning if as a child you just want to come to him and say, I just want to know Jesus. Number two, well, let me just, so Jesus is angry. Number, so number, I just want to summarize it by saying, so don't let others dictate for you who Jesus is. Check him out for yourself. If you've been hurt and people have driven you away from Jesus like the disciples were doing that day, don't let other people dictate for you who Jesus is, okay? Check him out for yourself. He's angry about what has been done to you and he cares tremendously for you. Number two, the parents. You know, there's two reasons why parents would bring their, parent, their kids to Jesus. It's kind of like the same thing. There's probably two reasons why parents sign their kids up for Little League, right? One is because they want their kids to learn to play Little League and just enjoy it and have fun and learn a skill and have fun with other kids. And then there's the parents who are doing it for their own ego, right? There's the parents who either bring their kids to soccer, to learn to play soccer and love soccer, or there's, there's parents who are there because they didn't win the trophy and they want, they want their kids to win the trophy for them, right? So why were these parents bringing their kids to Jesus? Was it for their own sake so they could get close to Jesus? Or was it for their kids' sake? Because their kids were saying, please, Mommy, please, Daddy, can we go see Jesus? Well, I think it was the latter. And the reason I think it was the latter is because I think if it was the former, I think the disciples would have discouraged them. (laughs) It wouldn't have been worth their time. The disciples' scolding would have been enough to say, come on, kids, let's go home. Jesus doesn't want you. But it was because the kids were saying, come on, I want to 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 be with Jesus. I want to go see Jesus. I want to sit on Jesus' lap like Johnny got to sit on Jesus' lap. I want to sit on Jesus' lap. And so the parents, I think because of the children's insistence there, please, 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 can I be with Jesus? The parents were bringing their kids to Jesus. You know, this is the second thing I want us to see from a couple of different angles. Not only, number one, is Jesus angry if someone has hurt you and kept you from Jesus. Number two is we all need people to help us see that Jesus loves us. Like the kid I talked about earlier, John's his name. I don't think any of you will ever meet him. He hasn't lived in here for years. I was Jesus to John. 
And this morning, <laughs> as I kind of jokingly said I was going to ask you to volunteer, I hope that for some of you, maybe hearing this message this morning will encourage you to volunteer because there's a lot of hurting kids that have become broken and cynical and skeptical and unbelieving and hard adults because, young adults, because they need somebody to come alongside them and bring them to Jesus. There's a lot of hurting people that need someone to bring them to Jesus. And I think that's the beauty of these parents is they they didn't give up and they didn't go away when the disciples scolded them. They weren't uncomfortable because of Jesus' anger as their, as their kids were pleading with them, the parents, they hung out because they knew their kids needed to be with Jesus and, and they were parents that didn't give up and they brought their kids to Jesus. There's a lot of biological parents that haven't brought their kids to Jesus and they need spiritual parents to bring them to Jesus. Would you be one of those? Willing to come alongside a hurting broken, angry, cynical, bitter, skeptical young person and, and love them to Jesus? Man, that's what we need. That's what we need. That's why we call our church the refuge. That's, I don't know how many of you knew that. Most of us, we think of it's Coffee Oasis. But we call it the refuge because Jesus said, come unto me all you who are weary worn out and I will give you rest. And that's what Jesus is looking for and why we need spiritual parents to come alongside people who have been hurt and wronged and they're weary and they need somebody to bring them to Jesus. Would you be one of those people? If you're one of those wronged and hurting ones, I just, I just encourage you um, I'm going to echo what Robert said <laughs> well, you just quietly you, you mentioned to Daniel you said you like coffee oasis <laughs> is because that's what we want to be we want to love you to Jesus so I encourage you if you're a hurting wronged person who's here this morning that you would allow yourself to be brought to Jesus. Because that's why we're here. Hurting children and adults need spiritual parents. Would you be one of those? The last thing I want to, I just want to talk to children this morning. If you're an adult here, and... um, And you're worried about looking good. We call that pretense. Coming and putting on a good show, looking good, saying the right things, doing the right things. Showing up because it's the right thing to do. I'm not talking to you, okay? You can just tune me out. But if you're here this morning and you simply and sincerely want to know Jesus, That's who Jesus is talking to. If you just simply and sincerely want to know Jesus. You know, why this is so important to me is because I grew up most of my life. I grew up in the church. I was a pastor's kid. 
and hurt by the church because of all the legalism and the programs and ended up empty, not wanting anything to do with the church, hurt really bad by the church. We did house church for, what, eight years of our lives? Just kind of abandoned the church because of how we'd been hurt by the church. Just said, I really, until God began to make me realize that I was part of the church. <laughs> I'm a child of God and needed to be a part of healing in the church. A spiritual parent who would encourage people to come back to be a part of the church because Jesus simply and sincerely loves children, hurting children. So talking to you really quickly, I just want to do three things. If you're that child this morning and you don't belong to the kingdom of God, you're still a little bit cynical, a little bit skeptical, you got your hurts, you got your pain. We'll wait just a sec. Three things that I think these children needed to understand in this, in this little uh, scenario that was going on between the parents and the disciples and Jesus. Number one, what we see about these children is that they didn't take no for an answer either. Okay? They didn't say, because oh, we can get uncomfortable, can't we? I mean, you got the parents coming, and then you got the disciples scolding, and then you get Jesus angry, and you these like, I just want to go home, right? I just want to go back to my Nintendo. <laughs> but what I want you to see, and this is really important, is they wanted to be with Jesus. You see that? Nothing was going to keep them from wanting to be with Jesus. And so because of that, three things. Number one, they realized, and you've got to realize this this morning, the problem isn't Jesus. You, under, you hear that? If you're here this morning and, you, and you're hurting and you've been wrong, the problem isn't Jesus. He's angry about the wrong that was done against you and he's there saying, come to me. Come to me. Sit in my lap. Let me love you. Let me heal your hurts. And so these children re- needed to realize that the problem wasn't Jesus. He was angry at the adults trying to keep them from him. Number two, and this is maybe the hardest thing, you've got to first of all realize that the problem isn't Jesus. Number two, you've got to realize and you've got to let go of the hurtful adults. You see these scolding, mean, religious disciples. It could have been enough to drive the children away and keep them from Jesus. They needed to let go of the hurting adults, maybe the fear that was there because of what was going on, the bitterness, the anger, the cynicism. I mean, in this little, quick little scenario, the the children needed to forgive those disciples (laughs) because... They weren't going to be able to sit on Jesus' lap and just enjoy Jesus if they were like, oh, those stupid disciples, those bad people. You've got to, as much as you need to realize that Jesus isn't the problem, you've got to let go of the problem. <laughs> the people that have hurt you, you've got to forgive them. And how can you do that? The third thing 
and it's how it ends. He takes the children in his arms as they realize that he isn't the problem, and they let go of those disciples, and they allow themselves to be enveloped in his arms and blessed by him. That's the full cycle of healing. If we want to come and experience healing in the midst of this hurtful, painful, wrongful world that we live in, we've got to just allow ourselves in to just be with Jesus. You notice I didn't say you've got to come to church. Because you could come to church all your life. And I think church is a good place to be, to learn about Jesus, but can also be a place to get hurt. Because <laughs> it's full of a bunch of hurting people. You've got to come to be with Jesus. Just, I encourage you to see Jesus. I encourage you to spend time in his word, to come along somebody that you see loves Jesus and let them love you too, Jesus. What does it mean to be a child? Just to kind of wrap this up. And to experience the kingdom of God, God's life invading your life, it means to just simply and sincerely want to be with Jesus. Simply and sincerely want to be with Jesus. And if you want that, nothing can keep you from him. Man, let the people, let the hurts that have happened, let them go. Forgive them. Let them go. Why let them keep you from Jesus? From the Jesus coming to me, and I'll give you rest. Why are you not enjoying that rest because you're holding on to the hurts and those hurtful people? Let them go. Look to Jesus. Find rest in him. Let's pray. Father, I pray for us here this morning. Father, I pray first of all for those who are here this morning and they've been hurt. They've been hurt really bad. They've been wronged. Father, that you would open their eyes to see your love, to see your anger to see how much you care for them and love them and, and want them to be with you, healing their hurts. Father, that you would open their eyes to see Jesus. And to be drawn to him. Father, I pray for those of us that have found healing in Jesus, that you would... Father, compel us and draw us to be those spiritual parents that hurting people need, hurting children need. Father, thank you so much for Jesus. Open our eyes to see him, I pray. Amen.